It's a weekend edition of the Big Red Louie podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Lane, joined tonight by Alex Stengel once again. How are you doing, man? Hey, happy Friday, Jacob. What's up? You Did you know that it was Friday when you woke up today? Because I, I keep seeing more than anything people talking about how they don't know what day of the week it is, and I can relate to that. But did you know today was Friday? Yeah, actually, um, I've been keeping pretty decent... Um, a pretty decent schedule of the week so far, mainly just because I started that new job. So when you start a new job, you're still nervous as shit like the first, what, like first 90 days minimum, uh, just because you're right. lost, learning stuff, meeting people, trying to get the ropes. Um, so yeah, like I had a couple meetings and calls and stuff I knew like were happening uh, late morning. So at least I could grab a couple cups of coffee and... Uh, mute my dog snoring behind me during video calls but but yeah that's literally the only reason because if um if i didn't have a job right now which i'm very grateful i do uh but if i didn't then yeah i i like my fiance right now she has no idea what day of the week it is like doesn't even care right. like that's a, that's the whole thing she's like ah she's like i might sleep in i might not she's like don't wake me up either way it's okay uh so yeah i've got like one responsibility that only well not one responsibility but on fridays there's one thing that i do every single week so that's how the last at least two or three weeks i've been distinguishing the end of the week because it's like oh i have you know it's instinct to do this responsibility and get this done so it's like it just feels like friday because of that yeah that makes sense but here's the other thing i thought about as well was um like what's the incentive for the weekends now um because i mean it's like for me, it's like all right, cool. We we stay at home again and and maybe do a little bit different things than than I did during the week. But I mean, like meals don't change. Like the right. entertainment's not going to change. Surroundings I definitely that, aren't going to change. The big thing for me that changes is that is ha- with having a little one is I don't have to sit in front of my computer all day. Whereas like you know if if I was if I didn't have a kid here on the weekend you know it would be no different. I'd just be sitting around lounging around the house. But during the week you know we have to keep our daughter distracted with things all day long because we've got to continue to work and get things done. So on the weekends we have she has full attention of ours, which to her is is fantastic. So I want to talk about something work related that and sports related actually. It's kind of an interesting topic. I don't know if you've seen this in the news the last couple of days, Alex, but. I don't, I don't know if you have familiarity with Zoom. Do you guys use Zoom at, at your employer or, or for anything that you do? So we actually have our own platform, not to brag, but we also, uh, we're, we're a big uh, Microsoft Teams. Um, a lot, we're, we're trying to get immersed in that right now just because we're about to start selling that here soon. So, uh, But I have, uh, since I'm in that space, I know exactly where you're going with this, and I'm really, really interested to talk about it, especially from the latest from the latest instance, because this is like a wave of, of happenings, right? This is not just a, a right, one-off exactly. instance. Right. With everybody going home and going into to work virtually, Zoom is a, a platform that does video conferencing that allows a lot of people to get into one call. And you've seen it going viral the last couple of weeks of these big work calls and people just nonstop talking about Zoom. Well, it comes to find out that it's not the safest technology and people are being able to hack into calls and the FBI was warning people, hey – you know, if you're talking about top trade secrets, this might not be the best place to do it. 
and I don't know if you knew this, but the NFL draft is moving completely virtual this year, obviously with everything going on with the coronavirus. So the biggest platform apparently with the NFL is Zoom, and there are organizations who are generally worried, one of them being the Green Bay Packers, that their draft boards and their draft rooms are not safe because of people wanting to hack and steal secrets. Oh, yeah. I mean, one, I, I honestly think the hackers are just stretching their legs with the conference calls of businesses right now, just prepping to try to break in uh to the nfl draft i'm not saying it's going to happen but here's the thing i'm already nervous when it comes to the draft one because i already love the teams i love um and how they and how they um they pick which i'm super pumped by the way for i think chris ballard and, and the colts like i am super happy he's my gm i i watched a little uh snippet of him today and it just made me want to run through a wall uh, can I ask you a question? I want to ask you a question real quick. Don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Does he not have eyebrows? No, I think I think I it was the video. Of him today. I think it was the video quality, and he's kind of a. He's got super thin blonde hair. Okay, so I All think right. it, it was the two sense. things: is the video call, like, I, I think if he was on TV doing this, you would, he would have hair, and eyebrows. Okay, I think makes sense. All right. All right, continue on. Sorry. Um, no, but anyways. Uh, so I get nervous about that just because, you know, you want your team to pick the best players. Uh, I'm nervous about where my college team, anybody, um, you know, on good years, we have a couple guys, some years we have none this year. We're really pumped because we might have a top five, top 10 pick in Mackay Beckton. Um, so I'm nervous about that, but now I'm like terrified and excited about just like the chances and opportunity to watch this unfold because I'm pretty sure we might be lining up to just like live stream a train wreck and oh it's gonna and i'm terrified but i'm so wreck. excited absolutely. like it's i don't see I, any good way like i don't see any for me how this is going to go down and the best part is uh i don't know who tweeted it and i can't remember but some guy uh did a side by side comparison and uh one was the gm of the uh, i think it was of the chargers whatever their gm's name is and he had like eight different laptops eight different screens around him like charts analysis topics dudes like you could tell guy was in the zone he was watching film with that little hand thing that the coaches always have to you know talk yeah the clicker to toggle back and forth and speed it up and and all that um then they showed a pic of of dave gettleman and he had one 10 inch like microsoft surface in front of him and like one 1950s just like thick as shit like five inch deep uh binder and like that was it and maybe like a little notepad in front of them and so they're like well all the gms are prepping in their own ways and i'm like oh man this is gonna be great like i I know like gettleman probably doesn't make all the decisions because you know he's just mainly the the face of that but no either way it was just it was great to see everybody's different setup because that's essentially what has to happen because people are thinking you know you can't get like an entire coaching staff to huddle up in one guy's basement, right? Like you can't do, it's not going to be like a, like a fantasy football draft where all your buddies can come over and like sit in a a room and pick it out. Like every single different coach is is on the staff. So you're going to have what, like 30 dudes just on like on one team. Yeah. Well, a single call. Right. So it's, it's a hotbed for somebody who wants to hack and get information, but like who really is gonna do that? Do you really think that there's who's really gonna Patriots do that? Might. Are you kidding me? The Patriots like might. who? So so the actual all right. You didn't finish the complete story because you didn't tell anybody uh, who actually got hacked. Like the best part of the story, um, 
was the fact that it was an Indiana election commission. So our neighbors up north, uh, I, guess, I don't know, a guy hacked it. They call it like Zoom bombing or something. But he basically broke into this uh, Indiana like uh, election commission call and put on like uh, a, uh, a not safe for work, uh, you know, Pornhub video and and basically oh yeah okay. and we're going there yeah okay. we are and no I feel like that's safe to say like that just says the name of but so you exactly know like oh, for sure get no, with no, that, no, no, but no. basically it was a man doing things you shouldn't be doing in front of a camera uh, by himself for a whole minute the best part is the IT guy couldn't get it down from the call for an entire minute so sixty seconds of this while you got probably like all these like middle to older age people on this election committee talking about God knows what like boring. <laughs> you know, election options that they're probably looking at. <laughs> and they just, and the, the, uh, the quotes of this whole thing, I'm going to wrap it up, but, uh, one of the, one of oh, the, the chairman of the whole commission guy, I love this part. That was sufficiently disturbing said Paul Okinson <laughs> of election commission of Indiana. <laughs> and the other one, uh, here's the best part. Another viewer proclaimed that was the most exciting election commission meeting ever. So, <laughs> Some people might have actually liked it. You know, not everybody thought it uh, significantly disturbing. So, you know, who knows? One man's trash, another man's treasure. But either way, so Zoom is very, uh, like, people don't don't know what to do with it because every company is still basically using it, and it's the most popular, um, like, video chat on the market right now. But it's getting hacked left and right. Like, important things are getting hacked left and right. So... All right, so if you... If you could, if you could hijack into one NFL draft room, is it the Colts? Um, uh, mm, probably not. I mean, like, I theirs is pretty straightforward. So, like, in terms of excitement, I don't think I'm gonna you're you're gonna see a ton because they don't need like they're we're getting a couple more defensive guys, I think, and and strengthening up that side. So that's not like a huge surprise. I would either do um, New York. Just literally uh, for the Gettleman factor, just to see, okay. just to yeah, watch that right. shit show unfold. Um, what pick? What? Like, what do you want me to? Him or who? Who'd you say? I gotta, I gotta call yeah. it in right now. I'm gonna miss it. What if we miss it? What happens if we miss? Like, can you guys hear me? Is the is the mic? Guys, can you guys help me get this figured out? Is the mic on? Can you guys I hear me? I saw one tape of this man fell in full bloom love. <laughs> I'm gonna go in with it. I'm putting all you guys on mute. Can't hear you. The pick's done. Here we go. Like that's. Like I can just see him so you're going, going off to, like that. You're going to the Giants. I can I'm totally going Giants right, or so Ravens because I, I want to see what kind of weapon they try to come up with uh, Lamar for. That would be my two yeah, picks. So I would probably go. I think I would go to Miami just because I think that the Dolphins are going to find a way to mess up. Like assuming that Tua Tagovailoa falls that far, like I feel like they just are going to. They're one of those teams that always finds a way to just do the wrong thing, and I totally see them botching whatever that situation is, whether it's trading up, trading down, not picking him, whatever it is. They're gonna they're gonna mess it up, and to be inside of a draft room and just watch that unfold would be pure entertainment for me. Even though it would suck for Devonte Parker. Right. But anyways, anyway. let's talk some Louisville sports. That's what you came here for. Not a whole lot new since the last time we talked, since we just did this on Tuesday night. But a couple of things that I think are worth talking about. Uh, one of them being Chris Mack meeting with the the local media yesterday via Zoom conference, looking as pleased as ever. I mean, I don't know if you have noticed this about Chris Mack, but he does not particularly look happy when he meets with local media. True. Which, I mean, that's a whole lot of fun to walk into a room of, of, of those particular people who cover sports and 
I don't know. I'm sure that room is not not the most fun to be around those people. In you that can like time, tell but... too. Like he he doesn't like shy away from like um, he wears it pretty well. Like before the press conference, like you know what you're about to to get. He, yeah. So, anyways, he he spoke with the media and, and uh, I don't know why I just added talked that. about that was so. <laughs> it's like you know what you're about to get right there. You know. Yeah. He gets angry. He, uh, no, talked with the media and and. Just kind of spoke about the additions of Charles Menland and and Carleek Jones and and what you know what's been going on the last few weeks with Louisville basketball and what recruiting is like and how everything is kind of unfolded, and you know I don't think there's anything in there groundbreaking. Obviously, he told a story about how Dino Gaudio was able to use some connections to get in touch with Menland and how quickly that kind of happened. And then I really thought it was cool how Mac acknowledged that he was one of the guys that. That got it wrong with Carly Jones. Talked about being an under underrated recruit coming out of Cincinnati, which is where Chris Mack spent, you know, what eight years, yeah. ten years, um, and you know he he flat out said, I you know I was a coach that overlooked him, and now you know I'm glad to have him on my team. But the one thing that really stood out to me in this uh, was Sam Williamson, and I thought that you know it, it was saying a lot without saying a lot. If that makes any sense, I don't know if that even is a saying or not. I, I might have just made that up, but keep going. You know, I think I think that basically we, we've known that Sam Williamson, this is going to be his team, right? Even with Jay Scrub coming in, you knew that Sam Williamson was the McDonald's All-American who was going to develop into being the star. And, you know, I, I think that it's often overstated that that was kind of the thought. But with Jay Scrub, everything kind of overlooked that. And yesterday, Chris Matt talked about how Sam, Sam Williamson is going to be the guy for them. He's going to be the guy that makes this go, makes the engine go. Uh, and... I don't know. What do you think? Is that is that something that you kind of have thought of? Is that the storyline of, you know, Sam Williamson has to be Donovan Mitchell in year two or has to be, you know, ex-caliber player for Louisville to go this far? Uh, was there anything that kind of stood out when Chris Mack talked about that? Well, yeah, because I think there's a reason that he's honing in on, on Sam and not the fact that we're talking about, like, David Johnson as well because there's a lot more guys that are the exact same age as Sam Williamson on this team. Um, but we – kind of already know what we have in David Johnson, right? Which is a stellar, like the makings of just a stellar point guard. And and we know he's already like halfway there in terms of, you know, like his progression. Like, I, I don't think we're going to see him after this season uh, by any means. But with Sam, you didn't get that this year. You saw like flashes of that, right? Like there were some games, me and you were, were sitting there in the stands uh, and like he would come out of nowhere and like just slam a putback. You know, like just those hustle plays that that turned into like really good highlights for him, um, and especially like you mentioned the other night to me, you were like, "Dude, we're like, what do we think of Sam?" The first uh, the first forty minutes we saw him, like the first game Louisville played last season he, against Miami. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's not going to be here. But one year we're losing him. He's right. Like we were year. convinced from that night forward. We're like, "Oh my God, this team!" Instantly, I, I thought I was like, "Yeah, Final Four. Like if Sam. If that kid is going to play like that, um, you know, even somewhat consistently, then then we have a shot. But here's the thing: like, it, he started. Like, I don't know if it, if you want to call it like a traditional regression, really. But I mean, you know, I, I think something you know started hitting his confidence. Maybe it was like his his shots weren't falling or something. But like something started chipping away at his confidence to where, you know, that kind of affected his his defensive side too. Cause I think he's, he was struggling with that. Like, you know, from that, that was always going to be a, a get better, you know, overtime thing. Uh, but that started right, slipping right. when his offense started slipping. So 
you know, he, he kind of just didn't really go anywhere and, and got stagnant. And we didn't really see a whole lot from him in the second half of the season. Uh, I mean, like, like I said, he had moments that were awesome. But, I mean, he, we couldn't rely on him to be that consistent, uh, that consistent guard. Uh, so that's right. It, and it was almost like, you know, Louisville, I mean, obviously they needed what he provided, but with Jordan Wara and Dwayne Sutton and then the guards that they had, you didn't really need, you didn't need Sam Williamson to be special. Right, and I think, I think we, yeah, and I think that played into thought it. he was going to be right. right. So I, I think the support around him definitely played into it. The fact that I, I think the pressure definitely wasn't on him to, to blossom in year one, uh, even though, you know, everyone was kind of hoping that would, that would happen. But, you know, the minutes, weren't there for him you know sometimes last year so i think not you don't necessarily lump him into the category with you know like aiden and and jalen and 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 the rest of the you know the super six in in terms of they just need more minutes to you know to get more experience and and work out the kinks i think for sam it's, it's mental as well because like he played enough last year to where like he he's up to speed i think in terms of you know like what you're going to see in D1. You know, like, he, he played well enough last year in moments. But, I mean, like, I think he got enough time overall. Like, he knows he has to make the jump. Mac knows he has to make the jump. So, I, I think that's why they, he has the most pressure on him, I think, to make that progression because DJ's already showed it and and somewhat consistently showed it in, in Sam Haddon. Right. And, and But the thing that's really cool to think about is if you go back to when, you know, Sam Williamson committed and you started to hear about the hype around him and you really started to learn about what he is. He's so unique in the fact that he's six foot seven small forward who is really long, can shoot the ball like I mean, just he's got a beautiful shot. And, you know, last season fans didn't get to see that to the level that they thought they would. The average fan might say, well, he's not as good as we thought he was going to be. Well, no, he didn't get a chance with minutes. And I think this season, the minutes, obviously, he's going to get plenty of them. But he is going to be able to provide to Louisville something we haven't really seen. Right. You know, having somebody who's six foot seven and can shoot the ball like that gives you a big lineup, small lineup, whatever the case is. Like, they can do a lot of unique things with him in the lineup. And I think that, you know, Chris Mack acknowledging this is our guy. He's going to be the one that jumps from his freshman to sophomore season. We're really excited about him. I thought it just kind of, you know, at least for me, it just kind of reaffirmed that we're going to be okay without Jay scrub. Like we're going to be okay. Well, and that's why, you know, I, I don't know how, if it came out weird, um, you know, the other day when I was like, you know, Louisville's, I, I didn't want to sound like Petrino where I'm like, offense is going to be better without Lamar this year. Trust me. Like, yeah, like, it's not going to be like that. Um, but but at the fact that, you know, I I don't think Louisville's going to drop off that much from a, Dre, from a J scrub going to the league and us picking up who we picked up. I, I do think it was a great fit at the right time. Because he wasn't, you know, like, we weren't even on his radar and, and vice versa. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, the fact that he was available when he was available uh, in, in terms of Charles Midland Jr., I think... I think the attitude and the effort and toughness and the grit that Chris Mack wants to 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 be the team's mo, Manlin's going to bring that. Like that's going to be his makeup. Like I make up for that as opposed to Jay Scrub's like total athleticism, which at times is yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I would love to have that on a court in a Louisville jersey, but I just don't think it was going to happen. Because um, it almost it. I mean, we even said it from the get go, from from early on. Like it had a little bit of like Sebastian Telfair vibes, did it not? I mean, it, it, this has happened to Louisville obviously before with a JUCO player with with Donta Smith back in two thousand and four. So, I, mean, I mean, yeah, had, I mean, literally had, the same situation. It had Rajon I mean, yeah. Rondo. 
Yeah, it, we. I think we all were like, okay, we've seen this before. Right. We've seen this. We've seen it with Rajon Rondo. It was a little bit different circumstance. We saw it with Amir Johnson. We saw it with Donta Smith. Like, there's been, there's been all kinds of of players that have done this to Louisville. But you're right. I mean, I think that maybe Louisville will be better off in in terms of team because you get more pieces to kind of fit the puzzle rather than having one player that you're really kind of expecting to do everything. Um, but, you know, whatever they do, Sam Williamson, they're going to go as he goes. I mean, that's I think that we talked about that last week. He's kind of the the driver of the train here, considering that he's got to be their best player next season, at least in my opinion. Maybe David Johnson could be up there, but I think he's the guy that has to lead them. Um, and Chris Mack acknowledged he's their star. He's their guy. Yeah, because, I mean, well, and, and that's the thing, because Aiden's going to make that jump too, but in a totally different way, right? Uh, because Aiden's just got to – just get on the court first and foremost for longer than three minutes, you know, at a time without committing like four fouls in that time period. Like he just needs experience on the court period. Sam, like I said, like Sam has that court experience. He needs to make that jump to where like, all right, the game's slowed down enough for me. Like I think I could be, you know, that guy a lot more, a lot more often than I was last year. Yeah. And, and, Talk about Aiden. Chris Mack was asked about that last scholarship that they have, and you know they've thought we've thought for a few weeks now that it's going to be a front court player that they add to the roster to kind of help Aiden in his development. And Chris Mack said, you know, yeah, you know, we think that we might have a need. We think that we might need this, but you know, we feel pretty comfortable with where our roster is at, which should give fans a lot of reassurance that okay, Aiden, the the first year just kind of throw it away, injured behind two really good centers, not quite ready for the college game. His body obviously was, but his game wasn't. I think in year two, you you look at the minutes that he's going to get, and I think that you know we're overlooking how good he's going to be. We talked about Josh Nickelberry and overlooking right. him. I think we've overlooked how good Aiden can be, and Chris Mack is just kind of reading between the lines here of saying, or if you read between the lines of what he's saying, is like, it, we'll go get a player if it makes sense, but Aiden, as our backup, we're right. good. Like, we're going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I like the fact that he's not just gonna just throw a scholarship at somebody for the sake of throwing a scholarship at somebody. I, I do like the fact that right, exactly. that he announced that part. Like, hey, we're not that desperate to where like, all right, we weren't even gonna look I at th- this guy. And I think he called it a warm. He says a warm body. We don't need a warm yeah. body. Like, you know. So, so I do appreciate that fact, and I think Aiden appreciates that fact too. You know, like I, I think Mac has set him down and talked to him enough to where like he understands, Hey, even if we do find, you know, uh, additional help for your position, like you're going to have to be the second dude, you know, like that, that right. other guy only is, is going to be there because, you know, a Malik might be injured or sore or you might be injured or sore. So it just helps to have, uh, you know, another guy, but yeah, Aiden, I don't think the expectation has dropped off regardless if we get another big or not. Right, and as far as the scholarship thing goes, I think that it's interesting that the front court seems to be the area that they're talking about where I think it makes more sense personally to hold that scholarship and see if there's a a sit-out transfer that you can put on your bench and sit out this last year where the transfer rule isn't in effect yet where players immediately are eligible after one-time transfer. You get a guy that you can sit out next season who can become a big part of your team the next year where you're going to lose Malik Williams uh, you're probably going to lose Sam Williamson. You're probably going to lose David Johnson. Obviously, you're going to lose your senior graduate transfers. Get a guy who can come in and you don't have to worry about next season when maybe there's more FBI things kind of hanging over the program, more NCAA stuff. 
uh, and you the, maybe it's harder next year to get players recruiting wise. Why not get somebody this season that you can get into the full like they did with Stephen Enoch, Dwayne Sutton in the past? I think that that makes much more sense than adding a big guy when you've got a big guy. Yeah. You've got you've got Aiden. I think you know we saw last year. It's not ideal, but you can go small and play a guy like Quinn at the five because you have Sam Williamson who's six foot seven. So I think that's interesting. But the next thing I want to talk about recruiting wise which that's going to be the heavy focus, obviously, right now. It's kind of all that's going on. But I thought that earlier today in, in the Big Red Louie writer group chat that you guys had a really interesting conversation going on about recruiting, which has been the, the number one topic amongst you know all of us. And, and one of the questions that you guys asked was, is recruiting at the high school level, not talking about graduate transfers, but just recruiting high schoolers, has the, the momentum for Louisville kind of slowed down? Because 2019, you get six players who are – four or five star caliber guys, the super six that, you know, they're all the hype. Every question you had about recruiting goes out the window and then 2020 happens and miss after miss after miss. And now the class of 2021, you know, looks like it's got the potential to be a really good class, but you know, are we headed towards that same path that we went down last year and we saw the guys just continue to commit somewhere else. In your opinion, what is going on with recruiting in basketball with Chris Mack and Louisville? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a healthy amount of questions. Um, you know, that the fact that you just mentioned, you know, the whiff after whiff after whiff. I think we did talk about that in length over summer in terms of um, just the fact that Mac is still learning how, uh, you know, he's still learning how to how to be a coach at, like, an elite level school. I think the fact that, like, and that take, you know, that might take a season or two, like, hey, to squeeze out every little bit of leverage you have in terms of facilities and, and, and prestige of conference and all that stuff. Like you have everything at a bigger, better scale than you did at Xavier. So that's why, you know, in my opinion, he's still learning at the same time. So like, I think he wanted to go after the top dudes and just see, you know, like, Hey, like I'm, I'm Chris Mack at Louisville now. Like, you know, let's try this out. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think he kind of, you know, he learned, I honestly, I think you learn from that experience is what I'm saying. And, and definitely, and it'll be real humbling yeah. really quick when you go from landing whoever you want and kind of the guys that they put their, their target on very early to then landing no one. I mean, they're think about who they bring in the class. It's Deandre Davis and JJ trainer, who I think are going to be really good right. players, but they, they weren't even on the radar. Like at this time last year, we didn't even know who they were, you know, maybe JJ trainer because he's local and his dad played for Louisville, but but it's also supposed you know, to be like that, that wasn't supposed to be the yeah to your, to your point like I, I'm excited for JJ but also like he wasn't gonna be on the team if if Mac would have gotten the guys he would have gotten like even half the guys he would have tried to get really. So does it in college basketball recruiting does it hurt your brand and your program when you go through a full recruiting cycle and you get nationally you see guys who. I don't want to say you thought we're trending towards Louisville or the national con, con, uh, consensus was they were they were trending towards Louisville, but a recruit sees Louisville being told no and no and no and no and no, and then they see the freshman on the floor for Louisville like Sam Williamson, Aiden Agehan, not really playing at a high level. Does that make them then – is that kind of what we're seeing, that, the effects now of these guys being like, uh, it doesn't look what I thought it was going to look like. Your freshmen really aren't playing a whole lot. Maybe I'll go – to a bigger name school, or maybe I'll go to another school that has more minutes and I don't have to worry about well, that. It, it's a weird thing, right? Cause I, I really think it depends on, on the kind of kid you're going after, because if you're talking about the, the elite of the elite uh, kids, I mean, you're talking about 
uh, going to Duke, UK, and what? Like, I mean, Kansas doesn't even have that many one and done. So you're talking about the right. The I mean, it's really North Carolina, Duke, yeah, and Kentucky. I mean, like, but they're kind of the, the big three. Being, between those three of, uh, you know, because they'll always have minutes available because they're always churning at such a rate. It, it's it's insane. a revolving Especially door. this year with I mean, Kentucky. I mean, literally every single dude, what about dude that? left. Uh, what and they're still projected that? like one player they're back. still projected like sixth next year. Like it just Louisville brings back six sophomores and they're not in the top twenty-five. Yeah, but, but Kentucky's got a brand new team. Yeah, reload. But I wouldn't want to be John Calipari right now, man. There's not enough players to fill a roster. Well, and that, not and even that's what I mean because anybody that's that, that even has like half a brain and, and follows basketball, like Obi Toppin's brother going to UK, like they announced that, like. Like you, UK fans yeah, should be excited, right. and then and then they look at like that's the whole thing. Like I didn't hear a peep from my UK fans or from my UK friends because literally, like you look up the first couple things on that kid is is what like no what what was it no power five offers like um or there there's like a couple things like average five points literally a game, average like. five <laughs> points a game at an average you know you know not that crazy conference school like Rhode Island. I saw a Kentucky fan making the argument that with the way that college basketball is heading with, you know, the G league coming in and stealing top players, Kentucky now has to start getting these middle to bottom tier guys who just might happen to be diamonds in the rough. Like, woe is me. We got to start adding these players that aren't five stars. And Louisville's are over here. Like, no, sir, that's our bread and butter. (laughs) Like we're, we're the, (laughs) we're the ones taking those kids and developing. Uh, Yeah. We we would like but, the, the like that's, yeah to get a then, kid averaging five points a game, and I love excited. the Louisville fans to get pissed here and that, but I'm like that's just reality that's 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 around us right now. I mean that's the thing. I you know people talk about the I, I do think the FBI uh, you know n- notice of allegations still being out there and that unknown. I I think that's still hurting, um, but I think a lot of kids are kind of like in a wait and see pattern because it's it's not crazy that we didn't have a whole lot of minutes available to freshmen last year from the fact that everyone talked about how diverse our team was just from seniors to freshmen, uh, you know, to grad transfers, like you had it all. And, and people talked about the mix. So it, it's not like you had uh, like a ton of minutes from the get go. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's only a couple freshmen that were really good enough to play significant minutes from early in the season. You know, I mean, that's just the, the, the truthful part of it so I, I i think it depends on the the situation of the team but also the kind of kid because yeah we were never looking at an elite kid that you know like a five we were never looking at the guy that was going to go to the g league academy thing anyways and i do want to talk about that in a minute because uh i listened to uh bob Vavon's interview with paul biacardi i think is his name but that was a really yeah, good yeah, interview about uh, just like breaking down that new academy thing. But, but no, regardless, uh, I think it's just a multitude of factors. It's a weird time right now. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think kids are going to want to see what happens this year. Uh, I don't think his offense, uh, you know, <laughs> I really don't think that that was like, crazy and left a lot to be desired because we've seen some twitter posts even from kids that you know kind of made fun of it from the get-go like you know like what are they doing out there at some points but but yeah so i think he's got a he's got a lot of shit to prove this season in more ways than one you know you're talking tournament game like redemption uh recruiting 
beating UK. Like people just want to see the, you know, he's done a lot of things. He really had like you look at his track record of, of highlights so far uh, from being at Louisville. It's impressive. It really like, I, you know, like if you looked at that, you're like, all right, wow. Like, wow, we beat we beat the crap out of UNC at UNC. We beat Duke at Duke. Like, we did all these things. Right, beat Michigan, Michigan State. Right. Yeah, like years. you see that on paper. That's super yeah. impressive. But, Definitely a lot of good. It, when, it comes to, when it comes to high school recruiting, I think that uh, the last year fans have really soured. And, and I think we, we did our best at, our, at Big Red Louie to try to kind of temper expectations early because you take Fan six boy. kids the year before it's going to be it's going to be hard it's going to be really hard to try to to level that like they needed another class where they brought in the guys who come in and have a really good skill right away and have to develop which is what they did they brought in two guys who are going to be really solid role right. players um and so yeah chris mack like you said i think he swung for the fences he's like i'm at louisville now it's not xavier i can get some of these kids who i wasn't able to get before and then he learned, wait, this is what it's like to recruit against Coach K. This is what it's like to recruit against John Calipari. And it, the year before with Sam Williamson's class, they didn't go up against a major power five or a, a major blue blood. They did, and they lost every time. Right. Jamie and Brigfield probably the most hurtful because it was just like, oh, that was supposed to be our guy. And he commits to Duke is the day he gets a scholarship offer. How are you supposed to beat well, that? that? You uh, recruit a guy for a year and a half, and then he commits to Duke. The like, Devin Askew thing, I mean, like, yeah, right. I mean, this Christian Lander, the story, I mean, it goes okay. on and on. Well, guys the more we year. find That's out about that, that one on the back end, I'm like, all right, the more I'm kind of like, something I, I, something happened to where, like, they were yeah, feeling each, you start to, they loved us, we loved them, and then, like, boom, that was not the case. So, I don't, it's weird to hear, like, when things like that go down, uh, like, especially. Let's just call it Chris Mack's year of getting hazed by college basketball coaches. Like, that's what it was. They hazed him into the, the blue blood. They were going to come in and we're going to steal every player that you thought you had. Like, we weren't even recruiting him, but we just decided today, Chris Mack's recruiting him. He's new. Let's go steal that kid and show it him It reminds me of the scene in uh, the campaign. Have you ever seen the campaign, first off? Okay. I have seen I the love campaign, that movie. Yeah. And the fact that people still haven't seen it, it's a, it's a travesty because, like, it it perfectly embodies like all things are just so dumb with like just politics in general, like just makes fun of it. I love it. Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, great movie. Either way, when Zach Galifianakis uh, like is like at that luncheon or whatever, and then all of a sudden Will Ferrell just starts posting photos of him, like at Zumba and curves and like just making yeah. fun of him. And, and yeah. uh, Zach Galifianakis yeah. name in that movie is Marty. And it's just, it's funny yeah. as hell because like, Fantastic. He's just like, why are you so mean to me? And Will Ferrell looks over at him and he's like, Welcome to the freaking show. And like that's what I feel like kinda happened to where like it's exactly he was feeling what it good was. about the himself, ACC feeling coaches. good about everything. Like, hey, I'm 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 doing this and then like yeah, like you said, all all the all the elite schools and, and those coaches were like, Yep, welcome, welcome to Yeah, and and in 2021, man, he's on a lot. They're on a lot of really, really good kids. Who uh, it's going to be the same deal. And this year, I think he's going to have to land one of those, or else the recruiting questions. I, as to the extent that some of the fans in Louisville have brought it up to, not a big deal. But when you start talking about not being able to land, you know, for two years, three years of the players that you wanted, then it's kind of more red flagish, and then you have more concerns that can kind of be brought up. But I think up to this point, he's done yeah. the best he can. He's brought a lot of really good players in and he has hit on every single grad transfer he's landed. Like you can't ask for anything more when just two years ago, the narrative after the NIT games were, well, it's going to be four or five years before Louisville basketball is back. And Louisville fans have completely thrown that away because they were 
they got to watch a 20 win basketball team two years in a row. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. Right. That when it gets to that point, you can start asking your coach, Hey, why aren't you getting all the five stars? We win 20 games a year. Why wouldn't they want to come here? It's gotta be on you. Right. Well, yeah. In the fact that, you know, even, um, even if he, you know, admits like he's not the best recruiter, that's why a coach that's not the best recruiter, like surrounds yourself. Like you surround yourself with like people, like people that fill your weaknesses. Right. Yeah, and you either got to be a great recruiter or a great player developer. We're going to find out right, which one he is. It's got to be one I or think the other. One big thing we're seeing from from the football staff: a lot of these younger coaches are really like you have to know how to utilize social media in all aspects. Like you have to know how to connect with no these doubt. kids in this day and age, which is like changing every like every single month. Like there's something else for like teenagers and and stuff to do. Like whether it's TikTok or some other crap or. Like, yeah. Right. So like, you got to keep, TikTok, you got to keep man, up with yeah. it though. And I, I, you know, like nor, uh, like coach McKenzie, like the, the running backs coach, like dude, like he's awesome with it. Like all the coaches for football, for the most part, seem like they do a great job and, and basketball does a pretty good job too. But I mean, it, I just think it's, there's a certain, it takes a certain type of assistant coach to be like a great recruiter in this day and age. And so that's why, that's why it's always funny to hear like the first thing, any message board for Louisville goes to like as soon as we miss out on another recruit, it's like, well, bye, Dino. We have to vote. Like we got to yeah. vote a we got to vote a coach off the island and, and bring in some fresh blood. And no one wants to get rid of uh, Luke Murray because I mean, one we we touted him as a as a great recruiter because like that's you know that that's what he was known for uh, before he came to Louisville. And the fact that I just don't want to get rid of Bill Murray. I know he's been a bad luck charm for the most part, but like. He has. If if you want to go doing some some deep diving, I into just want to. I, I want to like you. him. Bill Murray and enjoy has him brought from bad 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 losses. I just want to claim him still right, as a so, fan. That's all. That's that's true. I'll give you that. So my wife and I are doing our part tonight with the coronavirus of of eating local. So we've got some some really good local food here that we're about to eat. And before I do that, I want to finish talking about the G League because I think that that that's a really big story in college basketball, and we're talking college basketball, so it makes sense to discuss here. But it's also going to have some sort of impact on Louisville. Without going into five minutes of it, tell me just really high level about Bob Valvano and Paul Ben Yeah, so uh, in the writer group we had, like we were chatting the other day, and, and we were just throwing around all these questions we had um, just about the uh, – what's his name? My, is it Terrence – it's not Terrence Clark, right? No, 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 Jalen Green. Jalen Green. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah Green. whoever accepted the G League money, right? Um, and – and now, and also Isaiah Todd, who had decommitted from Michigan, had been committed there, five star player. So two guys right, now but in the G League. All the questions that you first started asking, like we're getting thrown around, like, all right, how is this one going to affect college basketball in general? Two, like, what are the parameters for this thing? Three, like, you know, what what's the scope of like how deep is the G League going to start penetrating and poaching kids from from college basketball? Uh, but Paul Biacardi like really broke it down uh, in a way that like didn't. Like I'm not stressed about it anymore. I'll put it that way. And if you're a Louisville fan, uh, it's it's literally not going to affect like any anything we do for the most part. If anything, in my mind, uh, it, it might help uh, just because like a Duke and a UNC aren't going to be able to to probably go after like that top five kid, that top ten kid anymore. Uh, but literally, right. so he explained it. Uh, the, this isn't going to be a typical G League team, right? They're, uh, the G League is forming a, a development team that they're calling, you know, like whatever, like G League Academy team or something like that. But it's wild because they basically have like full anonymity to to 
um, to play whoever they want to play on a global scale. So if they want to play like an AAU team, like an uh, like a 19 under AAU team, they can play that. If they want to play like the Canary Islands team uh, that my brother-in-law used to play for, Pro Plug, what's up? Uh, but yeah, if, like they can play whoever they want. It's wild. So like they can schedule their own schedule, like do whatever the hell they want to do, but they get developed like a pro player. So we're talking like training every single day. Uh, they got to take right. the life skill. And getting paid six yeah, figures. Getting, I mean, like, they get paid, especially as a kid, like still. Yeah. Uh, but then the developmental aspects, so like the life training skills, the financial training, all that stuff that comes uh, when you first get into the NBA. Uh, but then on top of that, the last thing the NCAA had that these guys were like, well, I mean, like, you know, they don't have the college experience and like the scholarship and stuff. And then the G League's like, no, we'll add that too whenever you want it. Uh, so whenever you want to go back to school, here's an extra – hundred and twenty five thousand dollars uh to get a scholarship yeah and now it's a test trial they're gonna yeah, wait and, and see what happens with Jalen green and isaiah todd and there's probably gonna be two or three more right so surprised if duke and kentucky both i forgot about that part so they're gonna probably cap it at like 10 to 12 guys which is why he said like college basketball as a whole is literally not going to be affected uh to the degree like everybody thinks it will be and and that's why like if you're not like a uk or a duke or unc or like a kansas like that gets that one dude because even even like UK they only get like one or two of like the top top guys right, uh, and, and and so you're talking about removing those guys and I do think it's an interesting argument to bring up later at a later podcast. Uh, DJ talks about it all the time uh, in our writers group that like as a whole, I think this just kind of diminishes the the college basketball product like a little bit more because like NC like the ESPNs uh, and all the sports you know, media of the world, like they're not going to have that solo star to f- hone in on. Like they did like a Zion for the whole season. I mean, right. like, how much money do you think ESPN made off Zion Williamson in terms of advertising coverage, all that stuff on their, like every single day, that's all you saw. But, the, but it'll go back to being the Tyler Hansborough, right? Exactly. World, the JJ Reddick's like, there'll be the college basketball like the, stars. Yeah. Like, always been like there. Mac made a good point. Like for every one of like Zion, there's a Luke Garza, you know, like the, Right, exactly. So I do think there's going to be a balance in the, but Louisville teams as a whole, like realistically, we don't get those guys in the first place. So that's not going to matter. Uh, Like even Max, like not going after the, I mean, I I guess sometimes he goes after like the top ten kid, but right. Either way, when it makes sense, right? So they're not they're not building their program on five stars like Kentucky now. Yeah, <laughs> Calipari's got to redo his recruiting model. Like thank they've got same. God, with he's K. got like, that lifetime go contract, right? But and, either way, so and, and thank God he's got Jacob Toppin, man. Yeah, don't forget about Jacob. Jacob Toppin, uh, Toppin plus Harms. I mean, like what? What kind of a mishmash combo is he like going to start creating over there with those dudes? And then like a bunch of really good freshmen are just going to look so bewildered together. And I think Cal's going to get over probably like on Harms like tenth hair flip during a game when they're down yeah, 10 to but, when they're down 10 to like an Alabama or something like something random on any like on like a Tuesday night and Harms is just like there just flipping his hair and Cal's yeah. just throwing and his hair by the end of the week over. he comes back he comes back with his haircut and Cal Perry denies <laughs> knowing anything about just, it and he hasn't talked to him and yeah. he needed a break but okay so the the last thought on the the recruiting and and the NBA with or with the G League program now being announced in Louisville I think the only way this is going to affect Louisville is when you know, like we just talked about, Coach K, John Calipari, they're going to have to redo their recruiting, you know, the way that they recruit, and they're going to have to start targeting some of the players who are in that 
bottom of the first tier, upper second tier of guys, and that's where Louisville is going to have to kind of make their bread and butter is finding those really high and four or five star guys that they can. Maybe you worry about that, but other than that, like Chris Mack was pretty clear, we're not recruiting these guys. Like this isn't our, that's not our deal. Right. We're going to win basketball games a different way. Well, and, and, and uh, you know, I, it's going to have a lot of unintended consequences, though. Yeah. I think it, it, that'll be the interesting and, part. How many guys go and absolutely fail? Like, right. you know, because that's going to happen. Well, in know? terms of championship contenders, like to Alan, uh, Alan, our, uh, another BRO writer, like to his point earlier, like that's why Cal's only won one championship. Like, in his 10 years, because, like, it, teams are built, like, championship teams are, are built different. Like, you can't just load up on freshmen every right. single year. Like, yes, you win a ton of games, no. but, like, to win that last game, it takes a little bit more. But either way, we'll wrap up here. Yeah, all right, man. I'm going to go and destroy some great local food. Yeah, you got, what, barbecue and- from Chex? Is that right? We've got checks in Middletown, which shout out to to checks in general. But the checks down by U of L is like my right. all time favorite spot ever. I tell my wife all the time, if I ever get enough money, I'm well, I know buy where you live, and I, I always like I always forget about the Middletown because I was like, you got checks out in Germantown. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, yeah. So they opened one in Middletown last year, and ever since, that's become one of the spots that we frequent. So, all right, man, we will we'll catch up soon. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Absolutely. <laughs>